Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Let us now bow our heads for prayer. Great and holy God, grant that the word you speak to us this day may take root in all of our hearts to bear fruit to your honor and your glory. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now a reading from the book of Matthew. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for their usually daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you what is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those who were hired about five o'clock came, each of them received their usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. You, did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Okay, so did you hear the good news in there? All the laborers were paid. Or maybe you're like me and you're not so sure that's good news. The laborers who started out at the beginning of the day have worked all day for the same pay as the laborers who started an hour before quitting time. They worked more hours for less pay. We can understand why the laborers are upset. Because that doesn't seem right. Right? 
We are six weeks into a sermon series about parables here at Village Presbyterian Church. And so we know by now that a parable story is never the real story. There's always more to the story. So the parable for today seems on the surface to be about fair wages and honest day's work and generous landowners. Yet what if I said this parable is really answering a question that comes earlier in the chapter of Matthew, asking, are we saved? The stakes of this conversation just jumped a little higher. No longer are we debating fair wages, what generosity looks like, and what an honest day's work is. Suddenly, we are thrust into a conversation with Jesus about eternal life. This whole passage starts earlier in book 19, in chapter 19 of the book. And it seems as if Jesus and his followers were kind of just sitting around talking about eternal life. And so what is leading up to this parable is if you can remember the story about the rich man who wants to have eternal life. And Jesus tells him to keep the commandments, and he replies to Jesus, I've kept them. And then Jesus says, give, sell all your possessions and give all your money away. And the rich man goes off sad. Do you remember that one? Because then the disciples pick up this same question and ask Jesus, well, are we saved? And Jesus' response is, well, it's impossible for humans, but nothing is impossible with God. So Peter, the ever-practical one, asks, so then what will we have as a reward? And Jesus responds with, you will have eternal life. And then Jesus says something like, And now let me tell you a story about how the kingdom of heaven works. Cue our parable for today about laborers getting hired at different times in the day and getting paid the same wage. What is your read on that? Last week, Pastor Tom mentioned an article by Colson Whitehead discussing the winner edit and the loser edit. So in case you've slept since last week, here's a brief recap. So it's an article from 2015 discussing why reality TV is so popular, and that's because it places the viewer, you and I, in the role of the judge. The viewer deems who will be kicked off each episode because the viewer sees all of the mistakes that the loser is making, because the producers make sure the viewers see only the loser edits. Yet, the viewer also gets a sense for who will win, because the winner gets the winner edit, where the winner turns out to be a hero. At the core of this phenomenon, 
is that the producers and editors of the reality TV show make the viewer feel as if the viewer can deem who is worthy to win and therefore who needs to get kicked off the show. Worthy and unworthy. We as the viewer love to pick out who is worthy for the reward and by default who is unworthy. Don't we love to place judgment on people and things? In our day-to-day -day life, placing value and worth on ideas, projects, and people, it's how we make business happen. For example, if we hire two FTEs for this project, will we get the return on that investment or will it end up being sunk cost? These are real questions with real life consequences. Or maybe we ask the question like something like this. If we go ahead and put mother at the facility that's closest to us, but that costs more, will it be worth the money in order for us to spend more time with her? Or even something as simple as, is it worth getting takeout tonight instead of making dinner at home? These are real questions that you and I wrestle with on a regular basis. Of course we know how to place worth and value on things. So what's the problem? The problem lies when we believe we know who God deems as worthy and unworthy. This parable points to a God who will give a fair wage, even if the whole day has not been worked, because that was the agreement. This parable draws a picture for us that there may be room in the vineyard for all of the workers, even the ones who are late, because they might be ill or injured, or even the ones that have family issues or who ended up getting drunk the night before. Because let's be honest, that's what happened to the laborers who didn't show up at the beginning of the day and who were still there midday and mid-afternoon. In this parable, there doesn't seem to be a winner edit and a loser edit. There doesn't seem to be an edit at all. Perhaps this parable is pointing to a world where people are welcomed in the vineyard even if they are late or have had any number of loser edit worthy experiences. Because you see, the God this parable points to is the God who knew each of us before we were formed in our mother's womb. And it's the God who knows every single hair on our head, Psalms tells us. There is a God who may even let us come to work in the vineyard, even though we might be ill, late, struggling with anxiety or depression, burned out, underperforming, too old, too young. How would you finish this list? 
You might think this type of parable is only for ancient texts. Yet having flown recently, I think I spotted a glimpse of this type of parable thinking in the real world. Have you ever flown Southwest Airlines? You might know they have a non-typical boarding routine. It could go like this. The kingdom of heaven could be like an airline who loads its passengers in three groups. Those that paid more money are called boarding group A. And the first 15 of boarding group A have paid more to be able to choose their seats first. And others have paid money to let the computer check them in. After those in group A have boarded, the 60 people in group B are called. Finally. After everyone else has boarded, the remaining in group C are called to board and find all those center seats that no one really likes. Yet when the doors are closed, the pilot takes off for the flight's destination. And once they land, those who paid the most money have not arrived any sooner than those who were last in line. And to be honest with you, many times when I have ended up in boarding group C, I have simply felt grateful to be at my final destination, grateful to be on that plane in the first place center seat or not. Could it be that our God will get everyone to their destination regardless of when they boarded or how much they paid? Those that paid more money aren't less worthy of getting to the destination safely than those that paid less. Or here's another one. The kingdom of heaven is like a family who every Saturday would make sandwiches and snacks, grab clean, dry socks, and head out to the alleys in the city to bring meals and clean socks to those that were experiencing a hard time. Singer, songwriter, and composer Gregory Porter's mother would do just that with he and his brothers. When Gregory Porter was young, his mother would take him and his brothers to find the people who were in need of food, clothing, those that had become addicted to drugs and alcohol. They would go through the alleys and give what they could, maybe some food and some clothes, even a kind conversation at times. These acts were communicating worth to each of these persons. Perhaps it was some of the ones who are in that alley that were some of the laborers who showed up late and got to work at the end of the day. Hmm. God calls us to work in the vineyard to bring about the kingdom, to bring up there, down here. 
We pray this every Sunday. We just prayed it a moment ago. Pastor Melanie led us, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have been called to do the work of God. This parable is a reminder that others too have been promised a full measure of God's grace. And we need not grumble about others receiving God's grace or even when they started working. We remember that everyone is worthy of God's grace and that it is God's to give and not ours. We are called to do the work of the kingdom and let God do the work that is God's. I'll tell you, the God that I choose to believe in is the God who deems everyone worthy. Now, for those of you who are wondering if I'm going to say that everyone is saved, I will simply say that I really want to believe in that God. But I also hold that God is God alone. God is the one who knows. That is not for me and you to worry about. So I invite you to join me in treating everyone as if they are worthy of God's grace. Treat everyone as if they are a laborer in the vineyard. Treat everyone who is on a journey to their destination. Treat everyone as if God has found them in the marketplace, no matter what has happened before, and said, yes, come work in my vineyard. You and I can pronounce judgment on a lot of things in this world. Yet God is the one who decides about the next. So let us live into the, into the day where there is enough work in God's vineyard for everyone. We pray all of this in the name of the God who formed you, who loved you into being, and who calls you to love others. Alleluia and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.